1: Hello and Happy New Year from the Snooker Scene Podcast, I'm Dave Hendon and we're looking forward to the Masters, of course which starts on Sunday, the first big event of 2020, Michael McMullen is alongside me to go through the matches and maybe see if we can pick some sort of winner, Um, but I guess we've got to start, well we're not starting so much with the elephant in the room as the elephant (laughs) that's not in the room, Mm. which is Ronnie O'Sullivan hasn't entered or apparently did enter and then pulled out, whatever, he's not playing in it, Um,
0: I guess it's a shame for the tournament but life goes on. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, what's it come to when you know you're talking about the greatest player in Masters history, maybe the greatest player in history, full stop. He's got a chance to play in the Masters and add to his seven titles, and he's just deciding not to do it. I mean, it's just, it's just such a strange decision to make, even by Ronnie Osullivan's standards. And we know he's missed big tournaments in the past. I think the only time he ever missed the Masters, though, was the year that he wasn't playing in anything. Mm. I don't think he missed it any other he year. Turned up,
1: he turned up to, yeah, he did. to watch yeah. the semi-final between right. Mark Selby and Graham Dot. He yeah. yeah. <laughs> blazing yeah. like playing.
0: I think he's going to regret it uh, as soon as the tournament starts and he's watching it. I don't know if he's doing any media work on it or whatever. And I think he'll think to himself, I really should be there. You've got to look at it and say, if you're being honest about it, the most obvious re- explanation you can come up with is that he's still shaken by what happened to him in the final last Might year. Be, yeah. He got out you know, It was the sort of thing that he's done to players in Masters and in Masters finals so many times over the years. And it got done to him. And I think it's part of a wider picture as well. That You think back over the last 15 years, most of which he wasn't ranked number one, O'Sullivan was pretty much always regarded as the best player. Even perhaps by some people in that year, he wasn't playing Now, I don't think he is regarded in that way anymore. I think people now do feel that even if everyone is playing and everyone's giving it a full go, that Judd Trump is now the best player. And perhaps the Masters final was... I know he'd already lost him in the final in Belfast, but that was close. He took a real thumping in the Masters final last year, and I think it's really affected... O'Sullivan's overall psyche and that seems to me like the most obvious explanation he may have something else I mean I know there was that whole bizarre dispute over him saying it was for not for personal reasons well of course it's for personal Mm. reasons because everything's Mm. personal reasons but that to me is the only explanation I can think of as to why someone who has won the Masters seven times and could win it again quite comfortably has decided not to take up that opportunity. Well, look, he's a free agent. He can he can play whatever he likes. Sure. The only thing I would say is I hope we
1: don't spend all week talking about the fact he's not there. I'm mm. sure it will be addressed at the start. We've addressed it at the start of this. Yeah. But, you know, there's a tendency... Some sections of the media to kind of rely on Ronnie a little bit to get, you know, column inches and and airtime or whatever. Uh, He's not there. 16 players are there. And we're going to start talking about them now. And the first, we're going to go down in draw order. So this is not the order of matches to be played, it's the order of the draw. I think the the match at the top is probably potentially the match of the round. When the the draw was made, Um, it was a bit of a mouthwater. Judd Trump, Sean Murphy. I mean, I'll start by saying this. This should be on first. This should be the Sunday afternoon opener. It's the defending champion. It's a, a cracking game. It's not. It's on the Tuesday. But anyway, it's still a great. Match. It usually is the defending champion, isn't yeah, it? I Most, don't see years, it. I think. Most years yeah. it is, and I don't see any reason why it isn't, but anyway, that's not why. Yeah, I would have yeah.
0: thought on a Sunday yeah. afternoon it would have been the ideal mm. thing to, to kick it all off with. <coughs> when I think of these two, actually, I think of 2013 and that quarterfinal they had at mm. the Crucible. That was just a wonderful, wonderful match, and that final afternoon was just so absorbing. So let's hope for something similar to that. Trump, I guess, is going to be disappointed with what happened to him in the UK because he'd spoken very publicly about how he wanted to complete the set in 2019 of winning all of the the big three titles and went down to a hugely, hugely surprising defeat that nobody could have seen coming. So now he'll want to start the new year and and, and put that right as quick as he can. Of course, he's also had another surprise defeat since then in the qualifiers in Barnsley just before Christmas. Uh, But this is a problem we're going to have here. It's so hard to call all of these games because Mm. it's not like... You're looking at, this guy's in great form, this guy not Mm. so much. Because of the way the circuit is now and the fact that the rankings are constantly updated and they're based on so many tournaments, everyone pretty much is going in in some sort of reasonable form. Murphy, of course, started the season so fantastically well. And he sort of seems to do it over the last few years in bursts. Mm. He'll have a few great months, then a few where he's not so great, and then he'll have a few great months again. So maybe it's time for him to start start another uh, really good run.
1: I think what's impressive about Trump is and there's a lot of things impressive about him but mm. he didn't see becoming world champion as right I've done it now this is the one thing I wanted to do it's done Mark Williams of course when he won his third as we know went on a sort mm. of uh, you know a, a, a booze up for a year which is fine because of course he was late in his career it was a bonus and he uh, was old and he, well yeah, yeah well, absolutely yeah. yeah former world seniors champion yeah. um, but, um, but of course Judd he hasn't. Seen, he's sort of drawn a line under that, and clearly now just wants to win and win and win. And he has done. He's world number one. He's won like three ranking titles this season. Um, okay, the UK was a slip up, but just in golden form. And clearly, of, of all the players here, he's got to be the man to beat. Yeah, and that, the
0: the two players who were famed for that attitude were Davis and Henry Yeah, I mean, they were. And they did okay. They yeah, did they, okay. they they didn't do too badly. You know. <laughs> well, Steve only won the Masters three yeah, times, so you yeah, know. It was a, um, <laughs> but I mean, that's what they were like. I mean, and they'll tell you that now. That was just so much their mentality. Okay, I've won that and even like by the next day it's forgotten about. I think there was some story once about Steve winning the tournament, going back and practising later that night. I don't know I don't know if it's true or not but it sounds perfectly plausible. Mm. Nobody else has really had that attitude you know. Mm. John Higgins didn't really quite have it. I don't think Ronnie's ever had it. Mark certainly never had it you know. I mean he, he just takes everything in his stride anyway. And, and that's not a criticism of those guys at all because they've all had, had great careers but Judd really seems to have that mentality. I'd love to find out from him what was the actual turning point? And I don't think we've quite established that yet because he'd be the first to acknowledge his attitude. Not that he had a bad attitude before, but it's taken a real twist over the last year, 18 months or whatever. He seems to have reinvented his approach and his attitude. And I'd love to find that out. What exactly was the moment that triggered that? Or was it a more gradual thing? So, yes, as you say, he just wants to go on and build more and more on, on what he's achieved over the last 18 months or so. And, of course, he's only 30 years of age. He's yeah. one of the youngest players in this tournament. So I, plenty of time.
1: I guess the only thing is, though, and you mentioned the UK, which was a surprise, these mm. are the tournaments, ultimately, you are measured by, these really big ones. Sure. So if you were to... And losing to Sean Murphy is not any disgrace at all, obviously, but if you were to lose this match a like, very early... Then it you know doesn't take long these days for people to start saying well okay he's won like the Northern Ireland Open whatever but he's not won you know he's not got through the first round of the Masters.
0: But isn't this a compliment to him because this mm. reminds me a lot of Michael Owen who you know was such a great goal scorer. He'd go like two games without scoring. Mm. Oh you know it's yeah. all finished from he's lost his pace. Tiger more than anyone Tiger Woods. I mean mm. you know he'd go like he'd have like a third and a fifth in a couple of tournaments. Oh, you know, what's wrong? What's, what's Tiger's slump all about? Yeah. So it's a real compliment to you if it doesn't take more than a couple of defeats yeah. for people to start uh, writing you off and, and saying, oh, you know, what's gone wrong with this game? Nobody has dominated the game over the course of a year or 18 months the way Trump has since maybe the 90s. I mean, mm-hmm. the last time I can remember anyone having so much success over a period like that of a year, year and a half, uh, was Stephen Hendry, uh, maybe about 96, 97, sometime around then. I mean, other players had great runs, Higgins, Williams, O'Sullivan. But in terms of consistency of performance, all the titles he's won came as near as he can possibly come to winning the Champion of Champions as well. I don't remember anyone having a run like that for more than 20 years.
1: Yeah, I'd argue Mark Selby possibly got close to it, but anyway, we'll close, come yeah. we'll, we'll on to him shortly. Yeah. Um, because the next match is actually the one that does open the Masters, and it's Ding Jun against Joe Perry. Now, of course, this is interesting because had this been played even two months ago, Mm. you think, well, you know, Joe Perry's got a really good chance here because Ding's in the doldrums. But that UK Championship victory has changed everything.
0: Yeah, it has. And and that's the thing with Ding. We've said it so many times on podcasts. You know, he, he's, he's so unpredictable. There's almost mm. no point talking about him on these because he can be going through a really bad run and then suddenly win a big event. And likewise, he can win a string of events and then lose to Michael Walsley in the first round of the World Championship. It can go either way with him. So it's almost, you know, pointless sort of predicting what's going to happen with him. Joe Perry, though, forty-five years of age, back in the top sixteen. He's not played in the Masters, has he, since he got to the final so, yeah. three years ago? Which he so.
1: came close to winning. He did. Forget.
0: He was very close. Yeah, no, it wasn't like he got steamrolled mm. in that final. He certainly <clears in> had <his throat> opportunities. He's 11th on the one-year list. Mm. And that shows you how consistent he's been this season. Got to the semis in Belfast, was obviously the high point. Got to a quarterfinal out in China. But it was a bit of an anti-climax, actually, because he'd beaten Judd Trump. So to then go out in the next round was you know, a, bit of a bit of a low in which to end it. But he's been fantastic at getting through the early rounds of tournaments. I think in all the completed ranking events, he's got through at least two rounds in each of them. Uh, I know he's failed to qualify now for, for one of the events that the qualifiers were played for. But that's remarkable consistency. Of course, in the first round of those events, he wasn't playing Ding Junhui; mm. He was playing much lower-ranked players. But, again, what can you say about Joe Perry? Someone who's been a pro for almost 30 years. He's never really had, you know, a dreadful slump, you know, where he, he didn't look a dangerous opponent He always anymore.
1: seems to be, like... Like on the either on the verge of being in the top sixteen yeah. or just outside, he's yeah. one of those you come to the sort of the cut off for the Crucible, and he's like he probably needs to win two matches in yes. Beijing or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and very, probably will and do very
0: often. Yeah. Does it. He's been as high as number eight, of course. Mm. You know, just a remarkable thing. But one of those players who, on his day, you know, if he's on any kind of form at all, uh, looks like he belongs among the very best players in the mm. game. And remarkable to to still be performing at that level at the. At the age of 45, so very tough one to call. I mean, you never know with Ding, because he kind of seems to fall in and out of love with not so much the game as the work that goes with Mm. it. He seems very devoted to his young family and everything. So how much work has he put in over the last couple of weeks? I suppose we might find out on Sunday afternoon. But if it's been any at all, and he picks up where he left off in York just before Christmas, then he obviously goes in as a very big favourite to uh, to win that match and a very strong contender to, to win the Masters again.
1: He played fantastic in York, and uh, and I think everyone was really pleased to see it. Maybe not Steve Maguire so much, but anyway, it was, it was good for the game, certainly. Um, OK, well, Mark Selby, mentioned, of course, Ali Carter, who, who wasn't in the tournament, and then he's, he's good power, Ronnie O'Sullivan, not entering. He's, he's got, not only got a place, he's guaranteed 15000 and who knows, you know, he, he, what a story it would be if he went on to win it.
0: Yeah, and he can take his quarter of a million pound cheque around to Ronnie's house <laughs> and wave it in his face. And, <laughs> You know, remind him of what happened at the Crucible uh, a couple of years ago. I just have a feeling. I just have a feeling Ali might win this. You know, because he's not won it. He's, you know, he's one of those players who you feel he's he's kind of threatened to win one of these big ones for a very long time. Um, but again, someone who's who's just constantly, you know, there or thereabouts. Again, he's never really fallen off the pace all that much, which is remarkable when you consider everything he's gone through off the table. Someone who's been as high as number two in the world. I mean, you remember that? Uh it's probably about ten years ago now. But, I mean, what a position for him to be in. Didn't think he was going to be in the Masters. Completely unexpectedly, he ends up in it. In a way, sort of nothing to lose from here. And, you know, to complete the cliche, everything to gain. But he's up against a player who has been absolutely (coughs) rejuvenated over Mm -hmm. the last few months. And someone who, again, I think, you know, didn't like the fact he'd been overtaken at the top and lost Mm -hmm. his number one ranking. And Mark has really knuckled down and... Not even just in, in practice or whatever, because I'm sure he's always knuckling down in that, but the way he's applied himself in the tournaments he's won, because he's not coasted through them by any means. Uh, he's had some tough matches along the way in, in both of those home nations events. Um, so yeah, a rejuvenated player. He's got to go in his favourite, but if you're just looking, if, if, if you're you know, the sort of person who bases these things on hunches, I just have a feeling Ali might, might, have, a, might have a very special week.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's good to see Selby playing well again in Britain. Um, he, obviously, you know, he's a former Masters winner, World Championship, UK Championship. Hadn't won in the UK for a while until the English Open. And th- and he'd been in this sort of slump. And as you say, he'd been overtaken and the limelight had been taken away from him. Um, and then he won that. And then he seemed to almost immediately go back into it again. But then, of course, he won in Scotland. Mm. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, again, it, it, it and we keep saying it, but these matches are very tough to call because, all right, Ali Khan doesn't want to tournament in a while, but it's a sort of event... A, because he didn't think he'd be in it. He'd be bang up for But also, I think it sort of suits his personality, actually, the Masters. It's kind of one table. You know, there's no hiding place. That's the sort of thing he likes. So, yeah, I think that could be a, a real close one. Mm. The next one, um, John Higgins against Barry Hawkins. Um, we always say this every year about Higgins. You know, he's won the Masters twice, which yeah. a lot of people would say was a great achievement. Mm. But also made a lot of first-round exits. And yeah. it is a little bit feast or famine with him. And Hawkins, he had a strange little time at the, uh, the qualifying before Christmas. He... he, he Got through the first one, I think. And then he lost to Ross Bullman in the first round of the next one, which was a big surprise. So he's, fought, he's in and out at the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's uh, And he didn't play well in that match, actually, mm. against Bullman. You know, he wasn't like blown away or anything like that. He really seemed to struggle, which he can do from time to time. Again, it's very hard to say with John for the reasons you, you outline. I mean, it's, it's just one or the other with him at, at the Masters. Um,
1: I, I, my theory with him in the Masters, mm. actually, and, and for years I thought maybe it was London crowd he didn't like, but that was kind of dispelled with Wembley. I think... We know John is a family man. I think he enjoys a good Christmas, John. (laughs) And I suspect he'll be at the Championship League this week, but I'm pretty sure he won't have been practising every day over Christmas. Now, I imagine most players won't have done. But of all the players who... You could sort of imagine practicing. He probably on this list would be the number sixteen of uh, the players who were like really putting the work in. So maybe he's just not quite sharp enough in the new year.
0: And fair enough, he's earned that, right? Yeah. You know? He's nearly forty-five now. I mean, he's done so much in the game. So yeah, I mean, that could be a very good point. We should mention, of course, that um, the Masters used to be on in February. Mm, so uh, yes. and he had he, he, quite a mixed <coughs> mixed record in, in those days as well. So yeah, hard to know what to say about that one because we know they're both you know very capable, very good players. Uh, I think we'd all love to see Barry win one of these uh, yeah. one of these events just on a personal <coughs> level because we all know what a what a, what a a great lad he is. And he's done well in, in the Masters in the past. He clearly likes Alexandra Palace, you know, having been to a final and been close to another one. Um, yeah, I just slightly fancy him to win it, actually. Didn't John lose in the first round last year to Ryan, Ryan Day? Ryan 6-5, yeah.
1: Five, yeah. I, one thing I will say, and this is not speaking out of turn because he said it in a media interview, although I'm not sure it was reported, but... Hawkins I think he lost first round in Scotland and he said to the guy who interviewed him he said at the moment I can't focus on Snook because I've got other things happening now I don't know what they are but oh, right. that would suggest that obviously at that point this was a month ago now you know, there were other things that were, that were affecting him. And, of course, it's worth saying with well, all these players, they've got their real lives to lead and, and things happening. But we'll see anyway. And Maybe, maybe uh, the Masters will, will, will inspire him. Uh, Neil Robertson and Stephen Maguire. This is a tasty one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blimey, two, two, two great battlers there. Um, Neil Robertson, again, a player who, you know, was, was in a genuine slump, actually, wasn't he? And, again, a lot of that was to do with off-table stuff. But I don't know about you, but I just had a feeling he was going to win that Scottish Open. And since he has, you know... In a sense you could say He's never looked back But actually You look at his record In ranking events this season I don't think he's been To a quarter final yet Well this
1: Yeah I mean it won't affect The Masters but This, sure. this Coral series business, yeah. which, You know, he's, he, I think he just about In the first one But you know The other two big money ones that He needs re- uh, success In ranking events He's qualified for the two European uh, events But yeah he's, he's A little bit off the pace Of course it doesn't help When you don't turn up The venues and all that stuff Yeah it? well I mean He even got Dr. Frame In, in one of the qualifiers He did, did He turned up late again Yeah <laughs> he did Yeah, which
0: is I, think, I think he did that That was part of his I don't know Some sort of PR strategy <laughs> strategy to handle the whole Barnsley thing. I don't know what was what, going on there. But I mean, what an eventful first half of the season mm. it's been for him actually because the, you know, he missed the flight, didn't he, to Riga as yeah. a lot of players did. Yeah. He was ill in another match. So all of those things haven't helped him. And of course when he was at the champion of champions and everything was fine and you know there were none of those issues. I mean look how well mm. he played there. Mm. So it, you know, I don't think we should read too much into the fact that he hasn't particularly done it in the ranking events. I think the World Championship coming into view tends to focus his mind a lot actually because I know he's, he's spoken about how he doesn't want to end his career as a one-time only mm. World Champion uh, neither, ten, neither do I, but I'm not one. Of, no, I'm not no. one at all. So. Listen, I'd love to end my career as a one time only, you know, first round winner. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, um, settle for beating you in a few games of pool. <laughs> but um, it's ten years this year since Neil won the world yeah. championship. So you know, obviously, people will talk about Alex Higgins because, yeah. as we know, they're very similar characters. Of course, well, Alex Neil you know. could bring his baby on. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, ten, yeah, well, the, 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 the um, his baby, of course, was born just after he yeah. won it the first time around So he'd be, uh, he'd be ten this year. Um, look, again, Neil is someone who is, is just so dangerous at, at all times, really. Even when he was in that bit of a slump he was going through, he always felt he was going to snap out of it at some point. Uh, he loves the big events, absolutely yeah. thrives on them. And... Um you know, his record in the maybe isn't quite as as, as good as he would like it mm. to be. So, uh, look, he'll have knuckled down big time. I mean, I think he gets stuck in over Christmas. He tends to go to, it's, it's Norway, isn't yeah. it, that his wife is from. So uh, he tends to go back there over Christmas, but I think he comes back on his own generally a couple of days after Christmas Day and gets stuck right in.
1: But um, Maguire's been in the UK final, so yeah. He, well, this he's is it.
0: Yeah, surgeon as well. Yeah, and again, someone kind of repeating myself now. Even you know when he wasn't playing particularly well, Stephen was always very, very dangerous and someone you didn't want to find yourself up against in the draw. Um, you know, a great run from in the UK final. We know like, that that he can perform on the big occasions. He's not been in a Masters final, of course, no. has he? And uh, so his record in it isn't particularly great. So. We're going to repeat ourselves. Very, very close one to call. I think it'll be a closely contested one. And, um, I, but you just have to favour Robertson uh, to, to come through it.
1: Yeah, Maguire is very good at sort of... And I think, this I don't know whether this is a Scottish thing or not, he's very self-deprecating about mm. his own abilities and his own sort of um, almost career. But, I mean, his career has been terrific yeah. you know, by any measure. <laughs> And he belongs in the top 16, you know, he's been out, he's yeah. looked like Joe Perry in recent years, in and out, but he's very, he, to me he's still a top 8 player actually, I and mean, he proved that in, in York, you know, he's, he's got that sort of um, tenacity that you, that you need. And actually, he didn't do anything wrong, did he? He made those two centuries yeah, in the yeah, final, yeah. Diggs made two to win it.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's just very, very tough on himself, mm. and you see it often in matches, and I don't <coughs> think it's helped him over the years that sometimes, look, you're going to miss some balls, you're going to play some bad shots, you're going to have some opportunities that you don't make enough of. And he just gets down on himself too much uh, when that happens. And I don't think that's helped him over the years. Um, So, yeah, very dangerous opponent. It's the sort of match you can see. When is that? Is that a night match or an afternoon match? If it's a night match, it'll probably finish about midnight or something. You (laughs) can see it being a real battle between the two of them. Uh, But, yeah, I'll just favour Robertson to get over the line.
1: OK, well, the next match features the only debutant this year, um, Dave Gilbert, mm. taking on Mark Allen. Mark Allen, of course, won it two years ago um, and then lost uh, a thrilling uh, first-round match last year to Luca Brucell. Uh Dave is um, <laughs> very much one of the most improved players in recent years, deserves to be in the top 16, and, and like Jack Luzowski, who we'll mention in a minute, uh, of course, he's got there without winning a tournament, which these days is difficult because the first prizes are so big. So that should be... He's world number 11, Dave Gilbert. Mm. He's not won a ranking event. Yeah, but he's been so
0: consistent. Mm. I think um, I think it was eight ranking events in 2019 he got to at least the quarterfinals, and obviously in a number of them he went a good deal further I think he could win the Masters you know because uh, you know you can knock on the door for a very long time without it ever opening But it tends to at some point. You know, if you keep getting on to to Mm. so many finals, look like Ryan Day, for example, was was in a lot of finals. It generally happens if you keep getting that close that eventually, no guarantees, but eventually you do get over the line. And it's funny, isn't it? A number of players have actually won the Masters before they've won a ranking event. Mm. Um, McManus did it, Selby did it. So why not Dave Gilbert to do it? And of course, I mean, the World Championship makes a massive difference to him now because now he's had that experience of... um, you know, having a big deep run in one of the very biggest events, he got to the one table stage. He wasn't phased by it at all, actually, because he started the semi final, you know, really really well. So I just have a feeling that that uh, th- this might just be the time for Dave. Funnily enough, it comes off the back of a dreadful week in Barnsley mm. in the qualifiers, where didn't Jordan <clears throat> Brown beat him twice?
1: Yeah, I, I think the thing with Dave that I've noticed is like he's. He's sort of inconsistent uh, Like in Scotland we saw this He beat Judd Trump He played really well Yeah And he genuinely did You thought yeah This is a proper world class player He deserves to be where he is And then the semi-final he, 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 The next day against Mark Selby He sort of fell apart And whether there was a hangover From the, the final in Crawley I don't know But to, obviously to win the Masters With such a tough field You've got to basically put together Four really good performances in a row
0: yeah, I sometimes wonder, does he really, really feel comfortable at the highest level? If you look at someone like Kyron Wilson, who became a top mm. player maybe four or five years ago. He never seemed to have any doubt at all that that was where he belonged. With Dave, sometimes he almost seems a little too humble. Like he, There's a little voice in his head that's saying, you know, what mm. are you doing You know, you, at this stage, playing these players and beating these players and appearing this late in tournaments? I may be completely wrong about that, but it's just a sense I get from him sometimes. And uh, he's able, obviously, to put that to one side a lot over the last mm. few years because of the results he's had. He's massively overachieved because I don't honestly think any of us saw him as someone who was ever going to get to this stage. And I mean that as a compliment to him because he's made the most of his ability. He's really knuckled down over the last sort of five years or so and uh, has been perhaps the most improved player on the circuit in that time. Um, so I guess it follows that if I'm saying I fancy he might win the Masters, then it follows that I'll have to tip him to uh, to win that first round match.
1: What I like about Dave is he, he's, he's had a, a real job, um, mm. which is quite unusual because, it, you know, it, you can make a living from snooker from a young age. Because he dropped off the tour, was, was working for his dad's sort of farming company and, and you know, it's tough and, and not well paid. And he is genuinely grateful for, for the way snooker's changed and, and the opportunities. You know, the game is not without its complainers and its moaners, but he's not one of them. Uh, despite his sort of angry farmer, you know, persona, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, and, and it'll be it'll mean a lot to him to be in this, he's watched it all these years, Mark Allen, of course, won it two years ago, yeah. so it's a tough one, again, he's, you know, it's no surprise if Mark Allen is in a final, but it, I suppose consistency a little bit of an issue for him as well.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, I mean, you know, equally so, it's, it's no surprise when he goes out early in a tournament, it's the way he plays, I mean, he plays such an open game, and he can be a bit streaky as well, so um, yeah, again, just a very difficult player to uh, to predict.
1: It's funny though because we were at the championship league and yesterday, there's so much so much time between matches that mm. players end up sitting around talking all sorts of nonsense, which which we also join mm. in with. Mm. And there was a discussion about rule changes, and some of the players were saying. Oh yeah, what we'd like is um, you have to hit a, hit a cushion after every 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 shot. You have to hit a cushion. i was thinking, Mark Allen, the way he break builds because he's so compact. Yeah, yeah, hardly yeah. ever hits a cushion. he would so be he'd off be, the tour, exactly. Yeah. he would be, be
0: in the queue school. Anyway, I don't see the point in that rule, incident. <laughs> oh no, but this is never going to happen. So but there was two hours to fill, yeah, exactly. so we had to talk about something. Yeah.
1: Um, you mentioned Colin Wilson, and of course, yeah. Jack, Jack Lazowski was a debutant last year. Ooh. Now I saw Jack before uh, his match last year. I think he played Ding, didn't he? That um, seems right. Yeah. yeah. And he was very, very nervous. I yeah, mean, he and was. he looked—he looked like someone who thought I shouldn't be in this tournament. But hopefully now, he's coming for a second time. He won't have those feelings, you know. Again, he's came very close to winning in Scotland. You know, he played—he—he he beat uh, John Higgins in that tournament. He won that terrific semi-final with Mark Allen, and you know, gave Selby a real good match. And again, it would be great to see him. I mean, you, you say knocking on the door. He's mm. in a very similar position, but he's playing one of the the real great match players in Caron Wilson.
0: Yeah, I'd love to see Jack win a tournament because I think if you were making a list of the nicest people in all of sport, never mind your snooker, Jack would be right up there. Um, He doesn't do himself any favours at times though because, listen, we know he's a naturally fast player but there are shots you have to play that take a few (coughs) seconds to think about at the very least and Jack very often doesn't do that and I saw that a couple of times actually uh, in Glasgow. Uh, you know, you're up against a you know a very serious tactician. There, he's going to put you in all sorts of knots. And there were a few times I thought Jack got down way too quickly. There's no way he could possibly have thought out the shot. And I feel that cost him at times. I think his his mind just maybe wanders off just a little bit. And again, I I don't know him well enough to say this, but I wonder is his concentration obviously it has to be pretty good to make it as far as he has. But I wonder is it perhaps quite as good as it needs to be to make it to the to the very top. You know. This might seem like a strange thing to say for a relatively young player who's been so close. I'm not convinced Jack is ever going to win a tournament. A couple of years ago, I thought he definitely would. But it's been a few times, just little things like that have made me think, does he quite have it to to get over the lie? Now, of course, now that I've said this, he's bound <laughs> to win it, isn't he? Again, though, as we've said, a number of players have won the Masters as their first tournament. But well, it'll yeah. be a big leap for someone who, as you say, seemed quite nervous when he played there last year.
1: Well, I think, yeah, I think... It's an obvious thing to say in a way, but if you play a really open game, you're going to leave chances if you don't put everything. Now, the the match with Mark Allen, there was a huge kind of positive reaction to the way he played. You know, he was knocking in these beautiful pots and so on, and, and it was a great exhibition of potting. But Mark Allen actually made the point himself. He said, yeah, he's played that well. And he's only beat me six five. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. given away all these other chances as well. And I guess that's mm. what he's got to be mindful of. Karn Wilson, you know, he is a player who gets stuck, and we saw what the Masters meant to him two years ago absolutely, when he lost in yeah. the final, was in tears. You know, he will give it absolutely everything. Um, it's it's a little bit like the match with Selby, isn't it? In Scotland, you know, he's playing someone who has that game, who might be able to sort of wear him down a bit. Um, but it's the sort of tournament. I mean, it, he's not a new face, Jack, but I guess. If you only watch snooker Maybe on the BBC Maybe only watch the World Championship of the Masters You might not have seen much of him If he were to go a long way In the tournament Actually he might create Quite a bit of excitement mm. So it'd be Arguably good for the tournament If he did um, But I, I just get the feeling Kyron Wilson if, if he went close You, you would sort of fancy uh, The last match Is a couple of old stages Yeah <laughs> uh, Mark Williams and Stuart Bingham uh, Mark Williams uh, Twice Masters champion it, It's been what 17 years since he last won it mm-hmm. um, And <laughs> He's I don't know I mean, Mark you never know him Mark because he's such a sort of joker, but he sort of gives this impression of not really caring. But he went to the qualifiers, those two tournaments, which he didn't have to enter if he did wasn't wasn't interested. Qualified for both just before Christmas. Um we're at the Championship League, he won all these matches yesterday, all four of them. Um he can still do it. Mm.
0: He's than number two after <laughs> at the end of the day. Combined age, eighty seven I think wow. in this match, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, there's a thought, yeah. Um, yeah, two guys who have just done unbelievably well to be at the level they have for so long I do get the sense with Mark that he's, he's maybe sort of rediscovering you know a bit of focus and a bit of commitment as you say he wasn't meant to be in the Championship League but a spot opened up and he wanted to take it I think the main reason for that is probably um, to sort of get himself tuned up for the Masters um, so yeah a few positive signs from him can you turn it on and off like that well actually with Mark Williams maybe you can mm-hmm. Um, but he's someone. He's the opposite of Ding. We said with Ding, it's so hard to predict. You know, he'll <coughs> have a great run and then go out in the first round, or it'll be the opposite way. uh Mark d- tends to when when he when he's playing well, he tends to keep playing well, doesn't he? And mm. uh, that was what happened to him two seasons ago. Uh, when he entered the season as as world champion. It's a difficult one to call, though, isn't it? I think you just have to favour Williams. I think you know, the fact that he looks like he's got his mojo back, as it were. I think his greatest asset is his temperament. is It's just so good. He's just so incredibly laid back. I've never met anyone in any walk of life who uh, is, is so laid back and takes everything so much in their stride. Um, so sometimes that can maybe count against him. It maybe finds it hard to get motivated for things. But look, it's the Masters. If nothing else, it's a quarter of a million pounds first prize if you can do it. Uh, So if if his motivation is there And as I say There are signs it is coming back Then he's going to be very dangerous And at the very least You'd fancy him to get through His opening match
1: Yeah what I'd say about this match Is I think Bingham's great strength Is definitely scoring You know he's a very heavy scorer And he gets in that nice rhythm I mean we saw it in China In one of the tournaments this year Mm. it's unbelievable Williams' great strength Has often been actually Winning the scrappy frame Yeah So if the match gets a bit fragmented You'd favour him So I think It'd be interesting to see How the early frames go there I'm not saying Williams Are going to mess it around But if it does get scrappy I'd favour him massively If not uh, If it's a flowing game Then I think Bingham's got a good chance So they're the matches And um, It's become a bit of a cliche But like a lot of cliches It's because it's kind of true They're all sort of finals That's what the Masters Has become now In the old days It was the top 16 That were set for the whole season, so you could get players who didn't win a match who were in it. But now you've got to be playing well to be in the match. Elaine Robidoux
0: was in it. had yeah. Not won a match for almost two years. Well, there you are. A uh,
1: long time ago now. Yeah. So, so finally, then we've got to we've got to try and pick a winner. Um, now I'm going to go first, and I'm going to sort of <laughs> basically go against all the logic that I had earlier on. I don't know why I feel this. I just think John Higgins might win it. Um, right. I th- I think that as I say, it's feast or famine with him. But it doesn't always have to be famine. And you know, he's he has won it twice. He won fourteen years ago was his last one, the last one at Wembley Conference Centre. Um and put it this way, if he were to win it, that's not a shock, is it? You know, he's the sort of player that, you know, he's a he's a proven winner in the big events.
0: Well he's been in the world final the last
1: three years. Exactly. Yeah. He seems to these days sort of comes good now and again. Yeah. yeah. But, you know there's no
0: one in the tournament he fears. Um yeah, I'm going to say John Higgins. I think the whole Masters record has gone into his head a bit because he mm. talks about it a lot. Well, he's, but, well the yeah. point is,
1: when, now, when anyone interviews before him before the tournament, they bring it up as well. So yeah. it's there immediately.
0: So if he gets through the first couple of matches, I mean, he'd have to beat Hawkins, obviously, mm. and then beat either Selby or Carter. If he finds himself in the semi-finals, yeah, 25 years, incidentally, after he first yeah. got there, yeah. was, <laughs> you know, which he was 19 years of age then, um, so, yeah, okay, fair enough Look, I mean, you can point to any of them and make yeah. a case I, As I say, I'm going to make the case for Dave Gilbert Because I just think it, it seems to be, if you become a top player now That if you keep playing well long enough Your turn generally tends to come around And I think he is now a top player He just doesn't have a title to, to really back it up And he's been close on a number of occasions And yeah, I mean he had a dreadful run at the qualifiers there just before Christmas. But, you know, sometimes things like that can sort of help to jolt you back into into life a bit. And, uh, yeah, look, it, it, it's like the Grand National now, isn't it? I mean, you could just, mm-hmm. I could stick my finger on that sheet we have there with the draw on it and you can make a case for any player, but... I'm just going to go for Gilbert, because I, I, he looks to me, I would have said Lazowski a while ago, looked like the most likely next new tournament winner, if that isn't too convoluted a sentence. Now I would actually say Gilbert. He keeps coming close, and if he does, I, th- I think he'll get there eventually. And just for some reason, it seems to be the number of players uh, win the Masters before they win anything else. So yeah, I'm going to go for Dave Gilbert, but wouldn't it be some story if Ali Carter, after everything that happened between him and Ronnie a couple of years ago, gets in the Masters because Ronnie pulls out? And then he goes on and wins Well, it, it
1: becomes a trivial pursuit question sure. in a
0: few years, doesn't it? Yeah. OK, so we
1: basically say it's a John, John Higgins-Dave Gilbert final, which means it's obviously going to be Judd Trump-Neil Robertson. Hmm. Um, it starts on Sundays on the BBC and Eurosport. And uh, we'll be back next week, by the way, where we'll be looking back at the last decade in snooker.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.